I like to think of the attributes of God as worlds. Follow me for a second. <laughs> so we know that God is bigger than the universe and bigger than all the galaxies and things like that. So I guess really I should probably think of like universe or maybe planets. But I like to think of there's a planet of peace, a planet of joy, a planet of wisdom, a planet of knowledge, a planet of understanding. There's all these various planets that really make up God. And the reason why I say planets or world, um, and I know for some of you all like, well, God is bigger than all this. He is. But just, just follow me on my imagination. I like to say that because... Even the world that we are living on Earth, we are still discovering the world. We're still discovering this planet. Scientists are still still discovering new plants, um, new animals within the water, certain insects, things that they thought were no longer existing. They are realizing it's been around for millions of years. It depends on what, um, what country you are. There are still remote places on Earth that have, has not been traveled and touched to because humankind uh, would not survive there right there's depths of the water that we have not touched because it's just deeper than what we can really uh really explore right now we don't have the technology we don't have the resources so i say that because when i think of the attributes of god his love his kindness his generosity his wisdom his peace his grace and his mercy if i take one title at a time that lets me know there's always something to discover I will never arrive in fully knowing the love of God. I will never arrive in fully knowing the wisdom of God. I will never arrive in fully understanding and discovering the grace and the mercy of God. And so all of these things is great because it keeps me in a, a state of exploring. And whenever I want us to go back to a place when we were kids, we would explore things with, with expectation of finding something new. There was excitement. Maybe you're a little bit nervous on what you were going to stumble, stumble across. But at the end of the day, you wanted to discover something new. And that's how I look at God, even his attributes, even his different characteristics. All of these things, I want us to discover God. And on today, we're going to tackle the knowledge of God. Let's dive in just a little bit deep on what is the knowledge of God and what are the first steps to walk in the knowledge of God. Welcome to episode 11 of Conquering Me, First Steps to the Knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is maybe something that we don't talk about a lot. And maybe it's just the, the, the circle that I'm in or the preachers that I hear. But I don't hear people really go into depth about the knowledge of God and what is it and what does it mean um, and things of that nature. First, let's discuss what is the knowledge of God. Now, it really does depend on the content, the context of what you are reading regarding the scripture and what was happening during that time and the writer, what were they referring to? 
But this one I'm going to speak on specifically the image, uh, the intimacy and the truth of God. Um, the best way to sum up what is the knowledge of God, it refers to a personal intimacy with him through obedience in his word. Now, here is the thing. When we develop an intimate relationship with God, there is a level of revelation and he will begin to reveal himself to us as we submit more and more and intimacy, which is worship. The more I worship, the more I follow, the more I have faith in God, he reveals the truth and the depths of God, of who he is, because it is very difficult for there to be an exchange like that where God reveals, let's say some mysterious things, because the Bible talks about uh, he reveals the mysterious of himself. Um, and I'm, and this is paraphrasing. That's not the quote, the exact scripture, but I'm paraphrasing. It is difficult for him to do that with people who do, who do not fully trust him, who have not fully yielded. And how do we trust God? We trust God by yielding ourselves to the Lord, by really giving ourselves over to him, right? So that is what the knowledge of God is, is the truth of God and the truth of God being revealed through us, through our intimate relationship with him. So, but before we get to that place, I want us to talk about what is truly the first steps of receiving the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God only comes, like I said, through intimacy, through revealing God, revealing himself through to us, but revealing his truth and revealing his truth is his wisdom. But in order for us to obtain his wisdom, Proverbs one and seven says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now in this, when we talk about fear, it is not to be afraid or scared of God, but it's really to be in awe of him, right? It is to marvel in his greatness. Like, oh my goodness, God is amazing. Let, let's think about something so simple. We can look at a tree and we can look at the different types of trees. And sometimes I'm just sitting outside with my children and I see the various lines and veins in the leaves. And I was looking up something for one of my kids project regarding a leaf. And I just looked up a green leaf. Silly me, I thought that a green leaf would probably be like five options. Child, there was like a hundred and something options for just the area that we are in. So that alone made me say like, whoa, God, you created all of this. And this is just what I know of. This is just what I'm just now discovering. So even though it was a natural moment, my mind immediately went to a spiritual moment of saying, oh my goodness, God, I humble myself under your creativity. Look how creative you are. You have created millions of plants that we don't even know of. So it helps us to humble ourselves, to place ourselves in the right perspective. And the reason why it's good for us to place ourselves in the right perspective, so that when we hear instruction that is of God and the wisdom of God and the love of God that comes from him through his word, through prayer time of hearing his voice, or even through uh, uh, instructions that we may hear via a teacher or a preacher, or just wisdom, right? Because I don't believe that 
I don't believe that God really gives only instruction or a word of wisdom or word of knowledge only to people who go by the titles of preacher, teacher, pastors, prophet, right? And even in the Bible, the Bible says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit among all flesh and my sons and daughters will prophesy. And some of these people will walk in the prophetic anointing and not necessarily have an office of a prophet or decide to uh, announce themselves as such, right? So before I can really understand the knowledge of God, I have to have a reverence. And that reverence, reverence goes back to the intimacy. I said before, it's about an intimate relationship that we have with God that allows him to reveal himself to us. It's the constant revelation. I am concerned that some of us, the last time we have received a revelation or an encounter with God was years ago. If that is the case, then my question is to you, what's your intimacy relationship like with Christ? Are you the Sunday morning Christians where you come in? I do what I need to do for church. I praise the Lord. I give my tithes and offering. Or maybe you do that in Bible study or maybe you just do Bible study. But what does the intimate relationship look like when nobody's watching? Have you really positioned yourself to say, God, I'm going to be vulnerable with you? I am not always going to seek after everyone else. I'm not always going to Google everything. Now, here's the thing. I believe in wise counsel and I also like Google. I love to Google, but I understand these are resources. This is not the source. The Bible talks about man's wisdom. The Bible says that he will take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He will take the strong things of the world to, to confound the weak things to confound the strong. God loves to do things opposite. Let's think about from the beginning of Christ, his birth alone was opposite from what biology tells us. Biology tells us that a man and women need to get together and have sex in order for a child to be produced. God said, I'm going to pour my spirit into a virgin and then the son of God will come from there. From the beginning. He literally created man from dust. He breathed his very breath into dust and created man. So God is not bound by our understanding. He is not bound by our rules. He lives outside of that. So the beginning of knowledge in Proverbs 1 and 7, it says the, the fear, to fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom instructions. Please do not be that one that does not want to be corrected, that does not want people to tell you what is right and wrong. And I understand that everyone comes to people in the right spirit. You know, some people come at folks. They don't want to have a conversation. They want to come at you. They want to be very, very disrespectful. And while this is hard, it's something that the Lord had to mature me in. And maybe it was just the way I was raised, my character or whatever it is. At the end of the day, I said, Lord, even if that person told me something that I needed to hear and it was in the wrong spirit, if it is your truth, I will abide by it. We have to stop looking for truth and wisdom to come in a comfortable package, to come in something that is, it's just pleasing unto our sight, right? It makes you feel good. Sometimes, and I heard somebody say this, before the truth sets you free, it has to piss you off first. Sometimes some of us need to get a little angry and, and bothered 
before we fully accept the wisdom, fully accept the truth, fully accept what God is saying. But can we mature to a point where we do not despise wisdom, regardless of where it comes from, regardless on how it is presented? Now, I'm not saying that if someone offends you, because the Bible talks about if your brother has offended you, if you have an ought, and that's really what it is. If you have an ought against your brother, you can go have a conversation with them. One of the hardest things for us to realize that even if we have a conversation with them, that doesn't mean that they will change or ask for forgiveness. But will, but will you stay stuck? What if they come around and they tell you another piece of advice that's really good wisdom, but you still stuck on the way that they said it. I didn't like the way that he or she said that to me. Your walk, this whole podcast is about our personal walk with Christ, us overcoming ourselves. We cannot make anyone else do anything else. But I can say to God, I'm going to choose you even in the most uncomfortable moments. Even when things are so hard, I'm going to choose you and I'm going to embrace your wisdom, your knowledge and your understanding. And here's the reason why I, I really, 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 really break this down. When I tell people wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 4 and 7, 9 says the beginning of wisdom is this. You get wisdom. Though it costs all you have. That's the interesting thing. The beginning of wisdom is to get wisdom. And so we know that to get the wisdom is to have a fear of God, to have, to be in awe of him. So now I'm humbling myself under who God is. I am understanding. I do not know it all. I don't see it all. I don't have it all. So I'm humbling myself to receive some, something, someone that is beyond me. Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. She will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. After you have been in awe of God and you have the fear of God, seek to have his wisdom and gain his knowledge and the understanding. And this is what I realized with understanding. I had to begin to pray heavily. I, it was interesting. My husband told me that for about six, seven years straight, I was just praying for wisdom. I was telling everybody, we got to have wisdom. We got to have wisdom. We're not being taught wisdom. We're not seeking wisdom. We're seeking the things. We're seeking the cars, the new jobs, the new relationship. We're seeking all this stuff, but we don't have wisdom on how to even manage this stuff. I want to get married, but I don't know how to stay married. I don't know how to take my marriage and present it to God so that it is holy and acceptable. God, I want this new job, but the new job is for me. Maybe my job is going to place me in an uncomfortable situations to where he's going to cause me to go out and be among the people and be the light in darkness. We have a problem with being a light in darkness. Wisdom tells me that I have to be a light in darkness and not be a light in the light. The only way for things to be seen, there has to be a light. So wisdom says, don't run from conflicts. God will give you strategy. He will give you understanding. He will, he is there with you to help you walk through this. I had to begin to understand after I seek wisdom and yearn for his wisdom. Now I need to get his understanding. I had to actually pray, God, help me understand this situation. Help me understand what is happening. 
And when I say as the Lord began to reveal, once again, here's that word again, reveal himself to me. The peace of God fell upon me. It was all of these revelations. I'm talking about even some of the most traumatic stuff. I was like, oh, that's why that happened. And then I began to have a new level of compassion for those who were wrong and who did me wrong. I was like, oh, wow. I knew that they were broken, but I began to understand why they were broken. And I began to understand, God, even though this situation wasn't best for me, I still need to pray and uplift them. You have given me the power and the strength to overcome them, overcome this so that I can pray for them. So we have to fear God. We have to seek his wisdom. We have to seek his knowledge and we have to get an understanding. Now, this is once again, the beginning of knowledge. The beginning of knowledge is number one, you have to fear the Lord. Remember, it's being awe of him. This is how I'm able to have an intimate relationship with him so that he can now reveal it. The Bible also talks about he will freely, he will give his, if we ask of it, he will give it to it liberally. And this scripture was talking about wisdom. When we ask of wisdom, when we're seeking God for wisdom, he will give it to us freely. But also in all thy getting, it says, let principle be the, uh, if, let, princ let wisdom be the principal thing. But in all thy getting, get an understanding. So what I read to you for seven, that was the NIV version. I believe what I just quoted was the uh, King James version. So in the beginning of wisdom is this, you need to get wisdom. At the end of the day, how you need, how you get wisdom, you got to get wisdom in order, in order for me to have knowledge, I need to have wisdom. But in all getting in everything, even if it costs me, grab an understanding on why, who, what, when, where. All the questions, remember in the beginning, I talked about how I look at God's attributes as planets. It is something to discover. Never stop discovering the knowledge in the mind of God. Never stop being curious about who he is. Never, never stop asking questions of him. And I want you to seek wisdom. Just like a rich man seeks ways to, to make his money grow. Like we need to use wisdom as a spiritual currency. This is my way to access things in, into the kingdom. God, I need more peace. I need wisdom. God, I need more joy. I need wisdom. I need my marriage to be healed. I need wisdom. God, I know there's more opportunities out there. I need wisdom. And the wisdom that I'm talking about is not man's wisdom, but it is God's wisdom. God's wisdom usually is completely opposite than what we think of. God's wisdom challenges us. It humbles us. It stretches us. God's wisdom actually allows us to live in more compassion, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. We have allowed a lot of our societal norms to become our thinking within our Christian faith. We feel like we are only supposed to trust people if they do us right. Technically, the Bible says, trust no man. Why? Because God knows that man will fail you. And then also he does not want any other person to become our God. 
Now, it does not mean that you cannot love and and have honor and respect for someone and trust them to a certain extent. Let me put this in context. Like I trust my husband, but I also give him grace because I know that he is a human. He is also my brother in Christ. That's wisdom. Wisdom allows you to see the full picture. Wisdom and knowledge is truth, the truth of God. The truth of God will talk to you, not just about your today or recurring situation, but he will speak to you about your future. Remember, the Bible says that he knew us in our mother's womb, that he has a plan for us. I remember I went through something and I was praying and crying out to God. I said, God, why did this happen? God, I felt like you didn't protect me. God, I felt like I was open. God, I felt this, da, 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 da. All of this stuff, I'm crying out to God. And the Lord said to me, I kept you. I kept your mind. But I need you to overcome so that you can teach someone else how to overcome. That was difficult because in the moment I wanted to say, I wanted him to say, baby, I'm sorry. But in God, everything is perfect. So I had to get out of my pity party and I had to get out of victim mode and go into victory mode. Go into conquering mode. But see, wisdom had to come in. She had to come and sit down and talk to me. Wisdom does, in the Bible, wisdom is referred to as a her. And also in the Bible, I want to say it's in Genesis 3. It says wisdom was with him, with God in the beginning of the time. Wisdom saw him separate the lands and the water. So wisdom was always with God. Wisdom is a part of God. So why aren't we asking for his wisdom, his knowledge, and his understanding? When I say your world will open up, if you seek the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of God, watch peace become your best friend when you seek wisdom. Watch understanding become your best friend when you seek wisdom. Here's another thing. Watch how things do not stay stuck on you. Like things just fall off. Because now you have the knowledge and the wisdom of God. There is a different understanding why you, why, you know, when things are falling apart, when the world is chaotic, or even why other people are blessed or whatever like that. Yes, you have scriptural understanding, but you have the spirit and the knowledge of God. First Corinthians 3, 19 and 20 says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are, are futile. Here's the thing. We can get all the game that we want to, all the tips that we want to from everyone on the world. And, and I am not saying not to seek after wise counsel because the Bible says seek after wise counsel. But we have to remember that they are a resource. Just because teacher cupcake says this is exactly how you do it this is how you do it this is how you get this in order this is how you're supposed to raise your children this is how you're supposed to live your life whatever teacher cupcake says does not mean that's necessarily for you now you can take certain nuggets from them but even that nuggets that you get I still need to rinse them under the power and the spirit of God and I have to try it by the spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it through the word of God See, that's wisdom. Wisdom makes you seek deeper than just hearing somebody say something that sounds good and you running with it. It doesn't mean that you're questioning it in a negative way, like you're being skeptical. But it's allowing your spirit of discernment to say, okay, wait a minute. 
wisdom saying, hey, 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 yeah, that sounds good, but, but talk to me about it first. I'm talking about the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Talk to me about it first. And I've always said this, wisdom and faith are best friends. I think sometimes even when I was younger, I felt like wisdom was a overly cautious, was being overly cautious while faith was just being reckless. I'm just going to jump out on faith because that's what we do here. Jump out on faith. So in my mind, I'm thinking jump like off a cliff. But wisdom and, and faith are best friends. They work together. They love to talk. They love to hang. They love to be around each other. They're not fighting against each other. Faith gives you the fuel to do what you need to do while wisdom allows you to, to have the process and the understanding as you move. They are both very, very, very important. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your hearts to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as your for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Turn your ear towards wisdom. Apply your heart to understanding and then cherish it. Cherish it. Don't throw it to the side. Don't think this is just something I don't have to think about, pray about, or seek a deeper call or seek a deeper understanding. Cherish wisdom. Cherish understanding. Cherish it. And then when verse five says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And we talked about what the fear of the Lord is. And you will find the knowledge of God. He wants us to be more about his mind and his intellect and his strategy. He wants to be us to be more about him than we are about self-help books. Even from anointed people, hear me. Because even for the books that I read, and I do love to read books, I still pray and say, God, is this for me? Because this may not be for me. I'm still seeking the wisdom of God because the information that I'm about to get, uh, buy and read could either enhance or taint my faith. So every little thing, I'm seeking his wisdom. So this, let this be our first step. Our first step, we have to be in awe of him. We have to be in reverence of him and knowing that we have to have an intimacy to really ask God to reveal himself to us. But are we preparing our rooms and our wombs for his revelation? Clear your mind, clear your heart, purify yourself. Ask the Holy Ghost to purify yourself so that wisdom can come in and filter anything out that is not of him. I hope that you have received something on today. And I really do. Every episode I say that, but I mean that I hope that you have received something on today. And I hope that you go home really, really seeking the wisdom of God. Like, let that be. I still pray for the wisdom of God. I will never stop asking for his wisdom because in every season in life, I need his wisdom. Every day is a new day, so I need new wisdom. Every day I'm going to face something different. I need new wisdom. Even if it looks the same, right? Even if it looks like routine, I still need his wisdom for today. 
let us be saints and believers who are seeking after wisdom of God. And we're not seeking after things that always tickle our flesh and make us feel good. The wisdom of God matures us and satisfies us. The wisdom of God allows us to see the beauty and the, uh, the cherish of his, and to cherish his knowledge and his mind to where we literally do begin to think differently. And I can attest for this, the peace of God comes with it. The joy of God comes with it. And the ease of this walk. Yes, we go through things and I still go through things, but there is an ease that happens when I rely on the wisdom and the knowledge of God. I give my burdens over to him and my burdens are now light. They're not heavy because I'm relying on the wisdom and knowledge of God. I hope you have received something. I hope that you go home and really, really seek wisdom and let it be a part of your daily prayer. And if anyone wants to really study wisdom, start with the book of Proverbs from beginning to end. The book of Proverbs is a phenomenal chapter, excuse me, a phenomenal book to really study the wisdom of God. Start there first. And whenever we study, ask the Holy Ghost to reveal it to you and always look for the light of Christ. We are not the main character of the story. Christ is. So when we read something that are directed, say, for us, we say, God, how do you get the glory? How do you get the glory out of my life? Lord, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for this episode, God. Continue to bestow the spirit of wisdom upon us. Continue to give us your knowledge and your understanding. And let us always remain at your feet. Let us always remain in awe of you. Let us always remain in, in a humble spirit of you, Lord Jesus, so that we may be in a great position to receive your wisdom. We will not lean on, on, on our own understanding, but we will lean on your understanding and we will seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of your righteousness so that anything that we may ask will be added unto us. Unto us, you are first. You are first. You are first. And we will filter everything through you. Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we adore you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.